everyone, and welcome to this a Dragon Ball podcast with the difference. Unlike most productions which you can find very commonly on the ground of Earth, this one is maybe about 50,000, 60,000 feet high up in the sky. We are unfortunately, due to the laws of our tenants, unable to tell you the exact height, but suffice to say, we are here up on the lookout. Lookout is a Dragon Ball podcast with a difference. Gone are the regimented sections and a really forced feel of having to get all the hard facts done in a very, very typical fashion. We are here just to have a bit more of a relaxed flow to things. And in the case of today's episode, we are actually going to be going in much more deeper detail to the latest chapter in the Dragon Ball Super manga. So for this, I am joined by my trusty sidekick, Havarok. Hello, I'm your weekly Slavic flavor on this podcast. And if you have been enjoying the previous outings of Up on the Lookout, as well as our storytime sections, you can rate and review on your respective platforms, and it will really help bump it up in the search results for Dragon Ball. It is definitely working, and I do thank you for your reviews so far. And if you want to become a caretaker of The Lookout and help contribute towards the general production and server costs, you can go to masterco.cc lookout to become a caretaker of The Lookout and get your name featured on a future podcast. So I think it's time that we really get into the meat of this topic. So with that, let's get started. Okay, Dragon Ball Super Chapter 62. This came after Dragon Ball Super Chapter 61, obviously, because 62 comes after 61. But but it is before Chapter 63. But either way, the last chapter was a very, very disappointing pointing one for multiple reasons i mean we talked about that in our previous review if you want to go back to episode six i think it was but it is still something that was really not something we expected i mean we saw vegeta with a really cool attack and one that made a lot of sense and was actually really useful but it's all very well and good until the main guy goes yeah that's very well and good but i still learn magic he forgot about that and the, the the heroes are going a collective. Oh, no. Also, for some reason, swallowing your minions whole. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Toyotaro was into Vor. I had no idea. Yeah, like, no. That 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 was a bit. That was a bit like what? Like okay, but at the same time, I do understand the reason for it. Is just because he can go like, ah, 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 I didn't fuse, nor did I absorb my kip victim. So basically. Yeah, he, there's a technicality. He he ate the villain. There's a difference. Not fusion or absorption. Or at least, you know, magical absorption. Can you imagine if Goku would learn that? Oh my gosh. Oh, well, he'd have to go to Yajirobe. Unless my time has come. <laughs> and then Yajirobe would be relevant again. Or maybe Yajirobe takes a look at Moro and takes some notes. <laughs> It's like, oh, I I didn't know robots were edible. (laughs) But either way, uh, the design that resulted in uh, was a little bit lackluster, but it's not surprising, really, because pretty much with all of the transformations that we've seen, it gets into a more humanoid-like being with all the parts in all the right places. The only difference here is that it looks like it is basically wearing some RAM you know, head gear or something like that. There's one little detail that kind of grew on me in this, in this, uh, you know, design. And that's the horns that they are like, 
you know, heading backwards. I kind of like the backwards horns. I like I so a lot of you know uh, cool fan arts of improvements of this of, of this form, including you know our our own Trevs, you know, who's just amazing, amazing artist. But I think some of the easier improvements I uh, improvements I've seen is just get rid of the human nose. It looks weird. Just give him you know like a flat Voldemort like nose or something and. And it looks much better. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, or even just keep the snout that and muzzle that he had from his original Ram Man form. That's all you need to do. Just something... Uh, but then again, I, I, I can understand why Toriotaro didn't do that, because otherwise it would look like Moro when at, he was at his prime. So it would look not that much different. But yeah, it is following the trope of Perfect Cell, Buhan, even Final Form Freezer. Like, they all look very humanoid and very, very sleek. It's meant to show refinement, and I do understand that. But I suppose, really, going into this chapter, which is called Edge of Defeat, and it literally is the Edge of Defeat, uh, unlike the previous chapter, Vegeta Reborn. No, Vegeta Reborn and then Unborn. <laughs> because it was just like, at the end of it, he was just seen falling to others. Like, wow, that ended quick. Hopefully that it ends up being more than one episode in the anime if they ever adapt this. I think one thing I, I want to say definitely off the bat before we begin, like going into this properly, is that the amount of um, violence in this is actually really, really stark. Uh, I mean, I think, Havrock, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think are the odds are of us getting anything like this in the anime? Uh, four? Lots of spit? <laughs> yeah, and lots of dirt. I mean, again, I can count the number of times I've seen blood in super on one hand. I mean, <laughs> it's something I think is going to be massively toned down. I think probably even the whole regeneration of Moro's arm will probably be omitted entirely or adapted just to be like, oh, the, the Yamamura school of thing, oh, putting it to the side and then shoot! Doing like pretty much was as in like with Cell. TLDR Piccolo Cells. And there are so many people calling BS on that. I think even our friend Mark did that. I kind of agree that this is a BS because like he got his powers, not, you know, like his genome. That's kind of weird. But on the other hand, give me a Dragon Ball Z main villain that didn't pull out a BS. I'll wait. Mm, I mean, it's, it is very true because there are those things. I mean, even with Perfect Cell, the whole thing with, oh, my nucleus survived. And we, 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 we accept that now because of nostalgia and the fact it is pretty badass. And he came back with a transformation that was epic. So, you yeah, know, we, we forgive Perfect Cell for that. And I, that doesn't make me dislike him any less at all because I thought it was really cool. Toyotaro was showing his sadistic side in this one and like because with the amount of shots of Goku looking pretty much dead and like I don't know one of them looked like his Ahigao face like his climax face because it's just like you know collapsing to the ground practically dead you know and it's and Morris just standing over him just going like oh you're getting blood all over me trousers and it's just like Again, if for those of you who are confused, it's all canon that Moro has a Scottish accent. And Goku is like, Chi-chi, I don't want to fight strong guys anymore. Why am I here? I don't like this. My brother did this and it still sucks. 
a lot of people really in the comments on the, on my main review on the channel were like, has anyone actually forgotten the fact that about Gohan's broken teeth? The fact is, is that instead of this just being a typical punch to the ground, they get a bit scuffed up. No, there's broken teeth and broken noses. So it's like, oh my god. I think the silver lining for me were the finger guns. You know, I love the androids, but I like this. Came in together and he's just like, no, bang. It just reminded me of Yusuke Yorameshi from Yu Yu Hakusho. It's just like... Uh-uh. And it's something you can easily do as a Moro cosplayer. Just do that and it's recognizable. I mean, granted, the result of it was not as, like, gruesome. It's just they got blown back, pretty much. And I love the fact that every time they tried to come up with a counter for Moro, he was just like, nope, like, Piccolo, doing an, a super evil explosion. And he basically just gets, like, a special beam cannon. And he's just like, oh, no, I know what it feels like to be Goku. Oh. And it's like, hey, Piccolo, how does it feel getting a hole in the chest? Uh, Goku, when you promise that we will do stuff again in the series, it's not what I had in mind. Uh. <laughs> Reliving the past is not what it's cracked up to be. <laughs> but no, either way, I mean, it's still something that I feel that was really... I think this made the chapter stand out because... I, without that gore and without that violence, this is like this would be like a, an okay chapter. But by the fact of actually really emphasizing the actual holes through chests, broken teeth, all these attacks and the viciousness and suddenness, and the fact that Jarko is the only one left. Also, Jacko, is this the episode when we get some sort of Jacko's character development? Jacko actually showing some courage that's yeah yeah we got character development from Jacko Jacko I know I know it's it's just so surprising that Jacko of all people is actually doing something that doesn't involve him running away or going oh no I'm so frightened or this is not what my pay grade was all about like, he's not trying to welch away. He's basically standing there. He's facing Moro, who's taken down the dragon team in like a matter of minutes. I want to go back to Vegeta for a little bit, but his time in this chapter was relatively small. And it was just like, I felt really bad for him. And I think the worst thing about this was he got felled by the Big Bang attack. I mean, I mean, again... Moro isn't wrong. Like we like Vegeta, but Moro isn't wrong about Big Bang Attack. But I must say that I think that you know, narratively speaking, it was done generally painless when compared to Goku. Like Vegeta was okay, kablam, gets Super Saiyan knocked out of him, and he's down. You know what? I actually got up pretty easy. It hurts, but at least I'm intact. <laughs> you okay? You okay, De Kakarot? Uh... <laughs> I'll take that as a no then. Yeah, he got off relatively easily. And I think that was maybe deliberate to like lull people into into a false sense of security is that they should, they're just going to get bam, 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 bam. And I don't know about the coloration and stuff, but we're seeing like Chi-Chi and Videl wearing their like Battle of Gods clothes and like Chi-Chi like looking like pretty much like she does in Z, which is a bit of a surprise. I, I don't know whether that was just like an inconsistency or not, but yeah. It's something to take note of. And also, most importantly, Dende doing stuff. Yeah. He, he's actually taking initiative and he's not pulling a Kami of going like, 
Oh, I can't, I can't do that. Sorry, the Guardian's meant to just uh, watch over people. I mean, that, that, that's all I have to do. I, I mean, I'd love to help, but, you know, the rules are the rules. Uh, we've got an angel who can be bribed with food. The angel, the strongest being in the universe, and you're worried about some technicality on one planet? Get down there, you. Na, 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 then uh, that was me when I saw him flying. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> and it's just, at least he's doing stuff. And I love the fact that Krillin's there too. And like I said in the main review, he'd see the force field. I was like, oh no, I can't go in. Oh, well, I tried. I'm going home now. <laughs> I mean, if somehow Krillin decapitates Moro with Kienzan, I f- I, like if Toyotaro would, Troll us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? I mean, this would be the ultimate switcheroo from what he did to Krillin in the Tournament of Power. I mean, like, knocking Krillin out within seconds or within the same chapter to then him decapitating Moro. I I don't think as well, but could you imagine? (laughs) If that did, that would just be like, I mean, wow. Wow. I mean, just for the memes, it doesn't have to kill him, you know, like he probably, you know, will go with some regeneration BS, but just, just the sole idea of us getting this would be, yeah. It would be so much fun. Like, yeah, I think that's what we need right now. We need a bit of levity here because quite frankly, this is actually getting really like, I have no idea how this is going to go. Also, do you like that Gohan used Goten's technique against Moro? I think it's really cool that he decided to use technique that he thought would work. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Galactic Donut is like, you know, it works. I mean, and I, it makes sense in a way. Like, he, yeah, he he's seen it work and it's like, hey, that's one of the few attacks that Gotenks has done, which is actually kind of handy. I wonder if Hit knows Galactic Donut. <laughs> I would make, I would hope so. Yeah. Like... It, I'd be very disappointed if he didn't. And of course, we had the instant Kamehameha. I mean, we had that in. I mean, it didn't do anything, but it looked cool. Yeah, I think that was just another little callback. And then as soon as that happens, you then get Kablawi through the through the chest. And and it's all like, it's no, no intent to kill. It's all to do with just keeping them alive enough so that means he can sap their energy. And again, this is all down to the fact like, he is just torturing them right now. He doesn't care to be the strongest. He just wants them. He just wants to eat them. I have one question to you, because if he has Piccolo's regeneration, which isn't much a part of his power set, but his genetical makeup, does it mean that when he got Vegeta's power, he now has Zenkai? I think there is actually a line. It's basically uh, he does. He's aware of it because. On page 30, he says, It seems that scenes receive a power boost when enraged, but hardly enough to fill the chasm between us. Like, he's aware of this, so it's like... I, I think he meant rage boost from Gohan. Oh, right, right, right. Piccolo's regenerations is also an innate ability, which is, you know, the weird thing here. A lot of these things are there to look cool, and it does sadden me that Toriotaro is resorting just to, like, flashy gimmicks. Uh, it, it's a shame, really, because... It just makes Moro 7-3 out to be just yet another villain. And the only thing that's keeping him from becoming just another villain is the brutality of his attacks. 
I must say that I think like I, I, I think I figured out two things that you know that kinda downgrade Toyotaro in in, in in the perception of the of, of fandom. First, while while Toriyama was often trolling the fandom Toyotaro is trying to do too much fan service at times. He's trying to ha- way too hard. The other thing, if you look how I recently refreshed myself on you know free manga Frieza fight because I haven't done this in years, which is by the way much better and less drawn out than the anime version. Even Kai, when I read Toyotaro's fights. I feel like I'm watching anime. I don't feel like I'm reading the manga. You know, I feel he, he he's taking he's taking his notes from anime when he should take notes from he should be taking notes from manga. Yeah, that that, that is very true. I mean, it it sort of feels like, as you say, that th- that we're basically seeing a very very well drawn storyboard here. This is something that we would expect to see. Maybe fluffed up a little bit in the anime, but it feels like essentially this is ready to go. And Toyotaro is saying, hey, anime people, just follow my lead and you will be fine. It's not a bad idea. What the bods over at Toei can do now is look at the feedback and what people think of the chapters and then tweak it enough to try and fix some of the plot holes. And maybe, you know, I mean, they'll they'll make up new plot holes of their own, but... They can at least refine the manga, but I mean, they will have to tone things down a lot. I mean, of course, but I mean, the only way that some people have said, the only way that you can actually have it as is, is if you move it to like a Wednesday evening time slot that Dragon Ball Z and GT had, but that ain't going to happen. That It's part of the One Piece hour at Sunday mornings at nine. It, it ain't, it ain't going to be moving to an evening primetime slot anymore. I mean, that's not what Dragon Ball is supposed to be. It's not a primetime show that the family all gather around to watch. Hopefully, you know, it will allow them to become more creative, you know, with, with implying violence instead of... Not just implied violence, but at least just like conveying it in a way which can get around the censors and something. Because One Piece in and of itself is still pretty brutal for, a, you know, a Sunday morning cartoon. It can get like that. I mean, they're obviously having to tone it down a little bit for the anime, but it's still up there. So in a way, there's not really much of an excuse for Dragon Ball to deal with. I can imagine, you know, Moro doing more spiritual damage, you know, like a ghostly ghostly arm through your chest. Oh, yes. Like, it's enough to cause, you know, spiritual damage, which is enough to harm the soul. Yeah, that's very true. Like, maybe use some more of the magic elements and... And of course, going all with the old tried and tested method of maybe making his blood a different color. Because apparently, and I've seen this all the time in movies, if you make the alien's blood green, oh, it's fair game. Like, Independence Day, there's a lot of green alien blood, and it's a PG. Or like, you know, it's rated for, you know, general audiences, and you feel like, yeah, it's total alien gore because... They're only aliens. It's okay. I suppose, really, this chapter is, it's setting a tone. And I feel like it's at least, it's its making a statement in the fact that Morrow, it's saying without a doubt, is, he's a prick. I, I, I wanted to say the word, but we can say that here. We can say that on the podcast. He's a prick. 
He's a, he's a, he's a massive douchebag. He wants power. He doesn't care how he gets it. He's not there to have a very honorable fight with Goku, and Goku hates it. And he's now regretting his decision massively. Yeah. And, you know, like, he doesn't respect martial arts. He doesn't respect those techniques. Like, he's like a character from a different universe, uh, put into, you know, put into beating them by using the, their tools right now. He's like, yeah. It's like you put Dragon Ball hater to fight Dragon Ball characters. And it's kind of awesome, I must say. <laughs> well, you have to remember that this is Toriotaro here, and Moro is pretty much his his character. And I imagine that Miris is as well. And having Moro and Miris around, basically, they are a bit of Gary Stews in the sense of, like, you know, they are here. They're really powerful in their own way. Uh, but I like the fact that Miros wants to basically be a human. And as we've talked before, and you so eloquently said, he is basically the opposite of Zamasu. He loves mortals. He wants to be one. He has these angelic powers, but he's like, I don't want that. I want to live like a mortal. We'll get to that in a little bit with Miros. But with Moro, you feel like, you know, he's like, I want all this power. I am this really overpowered thing. If you strip it down, Moro is a fanfic character. But at the same time, he's so different from in terms of appearance, how he makes Goku feel. Not anymore. <clears throat> appearance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not anymore, but originally. Yeah. Originally, when we first saw him, this old Ram man who scares the bejeebus out of Goku just by sensing him, destroying New Namek, giving Piccolo some kind of yeah, involvement that doesn't just mean him standing on the side going, Grr, this is bad. And, you know, having Margin Boo involved in some way, you know, it all had some really, really good ideas. And I mean, with the whole four spirit fishing thing, it could mean that with Margin Boo, they might be able to find a way to release the Grand Supreme Kai at the end of all of this. I think you you, you might you might have hit the nail on its head because there's a lot of great ideas. But the question is, isn't Toyotaro trying to put too much into that chapter, you know? Like, there's a lot of stuff happening at the same time. And I think that, you know, like, the story is, like, I enjoyed a lot of it, but I feel it's kind of losing its focus. It's having a Boo Saga syndrome. Like, I'm really afraid that Moro will outstay his welcome. I mean, it, it should be okay if they're able to call the chapter to a halt in, like, the next... Two chapters. I think I I, I think it, like we'll get this saga till chapter seventy. I don't want to worry you, but I like my guts. Guts tell me that we are going like eight more chapters at least. Oh, you think this will see the year out? Yeah, yeah. You know, like like because I agree with Gigdom. I ain't seeing uh, Mirus defeating Moron his own. I mean, I personally want Mirus to be the one that defeats him. Finding some way, because he knows Moro inside and out. He knows all of his weaknesses and strengths right from the get-go. Unlike the Dragon Team, who've had to try and figure it out, and even then they are outwitted at every single turn. So you feel like Mira's poetically, for a story, needs to be the one to actually finish him off. I think he will find a way to defeat him. And you, 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 but he will sacrifice, like he, like he will, he will be erased or something because be, before he can do that. But he will discard, or he will be stripped of the angelic powers, and he, and at this time we, it will be revealed 
uh, like he will reveal Moro's weakness and sacrifice himself. But what I think is the best course of action for ending, except of you know Krillin accidentally <laughs> killing Moro with, with you know with Kienzan, would be if it was a group effort from all of the defenders of Earth. If you know, like uh, Anilaza situation, I we haven't got something like that for a main villain. We need the entire Dragon team to get on board and basically just say, "Hey, we are here." And we are wanting to stop you. A collective finish. So that means all of the stuff that we got in chapter 58 with everyone fighting Moro's goons all over the planet actually was like a little taster for what was to come. They're all wearing the Galactic Patrol um, emblem for a reason. It's not just a... Hopefully, it's not just there for the sake of, oh, it's a cool visual. Hopefully, it's there to actually mean something. And I still think that the mirrors thing is kind of... It's setting the next big thing up in the same way as, you know, the two Zenos were setting up Tournament of Power, you know? Uh, like, I feel that this chapter already has a setup for what comes next, and I feel that Toyotaro already knows what comes next. Mm. No, I agree. Well, obviously, because he's the one who made it. Uh, but um, I, I again, I feel like with Dende at least actually being the one who's wanting to be a good guardian, showing this actual motivation like he did before in Z is actually really good. Like him wanting to defend his planet and doing whatever he can, even if it's against the rules. That's something to take note of. But I suppose now it's time to talk about Miris because I, I think my first reaction when we saw that whole bottom half shot of this isn't over yet god of earth uh, it's cool that actually that he calls that he refers to dende as the god of earth <laughs> the only way that he can make it better is this isn't over yet super kami dende <laughs> but uh, uh yeah but everyone thought and i i thought that 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 was weiss but i remember you said that like you immediately told me it's like no that's not weiss Insignia on the robes, like uh, like uh, Mirus doesn't have insignias on his robe. He has a plain black robe with the one stripe. You know, just like just like uh, this person here. But I don't think that Mirus has his stuff yet. So my theory is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we ever saw his angel stuff. I think he might have stolen or borrowed stuff from Wish. Uh, my gut feeling is that you think that we may borrowed him it willingly. I think not. I think it would be pretty hilarious if we find out that uh, Mirus managed to knock Whis out cold. He's not stronger, but he outsmarted him and somehow knocked him out cold or something. Yeah, I mean that that's your theory, and I remember when we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, my personal theory is that. Whis is sort of allowing Miris to do it, but making him like, oh no, my stuff's been stolen. Oh, how could this have happened? Oh, Miris has escaped too. Oh no. Like, just like this fake, just this fake surprise of like, because this is within Whis of him to do. Like, he would just be like, I know I'm not allowed to help you, but don't take my stuff and suddenly go to Earth without me realizing, hint, hint. You know what might be the problem? That because, it, like, he like he used Wiss's stuff to open the barrier and later, like, he might be, you know, in, 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 doing this as agent of Galactic Patrol, 
the punishment may go on Wiz. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I can imagine there'll be at least if that is true, then there will be maybe a couple of pages where everybody thinks Wiz is going to get punished, but then Mira steps up and says, "No, it was me," and he will he will take the punishment. And the GP, I think, will either go two ways. He'll either say, "I'm going to erase you," or "You're no longer an angel. You will you will die." You will have a mortal life. You will age, and you will die. Yes, Papa. And he will say, "When you die, I have no idea, but you will." Like that—that's the thing. If you leave it all like up in the air, of like, oh, Miris could live for maybe a few years, a few decades, maybe even a few centuries. No one really knows the organic life of an angel, not one imbued with immortality. So. It, it'll be a mystery. So, but, but basically, it means that Miras will be around to help our heroes. He's in charge of the Galactic Patrol. And hope maybe it might lead to Miras becoming the head of the patrol. Or at the very least, it will actually make Jarko not hate Miras or not resent him. Like having that little thing of them becoming friends. You know, like Jarko will be like, oh, no wonder you're so good. You were cheating. You were you were angel all along. It was all cheat. You know, cheats, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll he'll say that, but Miris will just but he'll just laugh and say, yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, he'll just be happy to have the all of this inane little bickering. So mortal. It's so mortal of people to be bickering like that. I love it. Again, my biggest cons- like question and concern is like, okay, Miris was angel for training. For what? And if he isn't for an angel for training, maybe we'll see his replacement. Maybe we'll see an a new angel created. Uh, maybe there are more angels, but, you know, like, for now, we know only of the angels governing the universes. Well, may- maybe potentially what we could see is we do have those sketches of another universe that Toriotaro made. So... One thing we might see, it may not be that same angel, but that same design could be reused for a potential new candidate. And for those of you who don't know what we're referring to, there is our Universe 13 discussion that we did maybe about a year ago or something like that, where we did like showcase the sketches. Either way, Miris is going to get in trouble, but I am so glad that he either had the gumption to, as you say, outsmart Weiss, or Weiss actually decided, you know what, I'm going to help him. Like, I'm just going to help him, but I'm going to do it in a way which doesn't implicate me directly. I know that the GP doesn't want to erase his children, like, instantly. He needs a good reason. I think this may be the big enough reason, but I think ultimately he'll be spared erasure because he's not the Omni King. I'd love it if there was a line saying, unlike Zeno, I can actually understand things and not act on impulse. A, a, a side dig on Zeno. He's the only one that can do it. it to Miris, that's not a punishment, that's a blessing. Ironically. And knowing Xenos, that could happen. Like, they were, like, originally, oh, no, there's too much universes. And the whole pur- purpose of Mirus being here, you know what? Let's make a new universe. Because think about it. Like, uh, Zeno, like an omnipotent being, can do everything. I, I think that their timeline might be very different to ours. Like, for... I, I believe that for the GP... And for Zeno, like, the time doesn't flow, like, for us. So can you imagine that after the Tournament of Power, okay, we're gonna make a new universe. But we know that Mirus has been around for some time. So what do we do? We pl- uh, after the tournament, we plant Mirus back in time. 
but the new universe is forming right now. Okay. So then basically give Mira something to do in maintaining a brand new universe. I mean, I mean, that's, I think, what his original purpose might have been, because, again, like, I'm still, like, it's still very mysterious to me. Where does Mirut, Mirut, Mirus, Mirus fit in all of the, you know, godly order? Because it was starting to get simple. And suddenly, oh, we have this angel in training. But all the spots are taken as far as we know. Well, yeah. I mean, they're all, they are all taken, as you say. I mean, like, where else is he going to go? Because what's the point of having a training angel if there's no, nowhere, to, nowhere to actually end up in? Otherwise, it's completely pointless. Also, you know, he would be a 13th, 13th angel, which is like, you know, very symbolical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be a bit like, you wouldn't want to have like a 13. And also they come in pairs. So you'd have a 13th and 14th universe. You know, there are so many scenarios that could easily occur. Like you could have, you know, Miris being erased. You could have Miris getting off scot-free because he saved everyone from Morrow. But, and it's quite clear that, you know, Morrow is fully aware that Miris is actually not Galactic Patrol. He knows Miris's identity. Yeah, after after he got shot with that power, yeah, he knows. He knows what was that. Which may mean that he has something to do with angels before. Yeah, and I know that in, a, in an upcoming discussion, you do infer that maybe Morrow was an ex-god of destruction. Maybe. It's a common theory. For me, it's like, like 40% probability because... I feel if he was, we've like, we already would have known this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's plausible. Yeah, I feel we would see some him doing some hakaiing if if he was. But at the same time, he doesn't erase them because he wants to. He wants to feast on their power. I suppose really getting in closing with all of this. I suppose really the end of this chapter. It all feels like Toyotaro is learning. He has improved his craft. Like, there are some characters which are allowed to break the bounds of their panels. So it all feels a bit more dynamic. Like, that shot of Miris, like, with his pistol. You know, he is not just trapped in, in like, a panel in that one. So you feel like, oh, there's the impact. But you definitely feel like there could be more. Yeah, just, you know, remember that, you know, he isn't, like, we see him as quote-unquote one of us but he also is like what 40 something years old so he isn't exactly young artist and and he needs to break some some of his old habits because i feel that you know like he still has a lot of you know fun fan fiction artist you know uh habits and i think it's not good for him and i and and for for an artist as mature as him, it's just holding him down. But one thing's for sure, he is definitely not a Yamamuro. Like, yeah, he he actually watches other anime. He uh, is inspired by many other genre. So he's not one of these people who is willing to just rest on his laurels and just, like, accept that what he knows is good enough. Yeah, we can take comfort in that, in that he is willing to actually do more. Tone a little bit down on fan service and think, think what you you think would be good for this story. 
No, no, I would, I would certainly agree. So I think, I think the consensus from Havrock and I is that this chapter is definitely an improvement on the previous chapter. But I remember it. I, I think, I think one of our tropes, and I think this is yours in particular, have is that you know the next chapter is now guaranteed to be bad. Yeah, it, it's the law of Toyotaro that one chapter is good, the other is bad, and like, like it kind of started like this for some time. Yeah, it's for the last six months or so. It's been a bit up and down. I mean, before then, it was actually relatively consistent. But uh, now it feels like peaks and troughs. Hopefully we're wrong. We want to be wrong with this. So we want Chapter 63 to be just as good, if not better. Yeah, I have one ending thought about this, you know, like... And again, I, I, I again, I, I, I agree. I agree with Gignom here. What what he said about it that we should wait for the ending of the whole story because it's easy to compare, you know, more of Saga to, uh, you know, to to sell Saga to Frieza Saga to Boo Saga, not but we don't have the whole story unlike those three. And if you are wa- watching those things and for a moment you, you try to forget that you watch them, they also have some weird up and down, some weird stallings and stuff. So I think like we can only judge it fairly as a complete package. We can give our opinions as we go along, but I think if you have a qualifier of like, it's not done yet, that can at least temper our expectations enough to make it think, well, okay, well, wait a minute. So... Yeah, we reserve judgment fully until we actually see the full article. But for now, we just hope that we actually see it on an upward curve. Let's look forward to the next chapter coming out on August 20th. And thank you all so much for watching. And if you want to become a caretaker of the lookout to help support future episodes, you go to masterco.cc slash lookout for more information, as well as rating and reviewing on your respective platforms to help get the word out. I hope you've enjoyed this review and look forward to the next episode coming out next week or maybe the week after. I think we might be going on a break between the 31st and the 7th because I'm going on holiday with the family, but we're also doing it very safely because, you know, there is still social distancing involved. But either way, we will be back very soon. Hope you're all doing very well out there. Until next time, take care and ta See ya!